and Rob McGregor welcome you to a place where all kinds of phenomena flourish. Voices whisper, ancient secrets, signs and symbols are abundant. UFOs, ETs, ghosts, and even the dead move about freely. Here we meet authors, researchers, and investigators of the mysterious, the strange, and of the inexplicable anomalies that surround us. Step out of the everyday world and take a journey into the mystical underground. Welcome to the Mystical Underground. Thank you for joining us. This is Trish McGregor. And Rob McGregor. <laughs> and our producer and tech magician, John Posey. You can go to themysticalunderground.com where we make regular blog posts and where you can find out about our books. Among them are Phenomena, Harnessing Your Psychic Abilities, The Secrets of Spirit Communication, Sensing the Future, and Aliens in the Backyard. Our upcoming book is called The Shift, Reports from the Mystical Underground. Trisha's new novel, White Crows, will also be coming out this year. And Rob has been slowly releasing the audio edition of Indiana Jones and the Oh, no, the Staff of Kings. <laughs> Our guest today is Preston Dennett, who has been with us a couple times before. Uh, he, Preston first began investigating UFOs in 1986 after learning that his uh, family friends and uh, co-workers were having uh, encounters. Since then, he has uh, interviewed hundreds of people and investigated a wide variety of uh, cases. He has written 29 books and more than 100 articles about UFOs and the paranormal. He is a frequent guest on radio and TV and uh, speaks to audiences across the uh, United States. He also has a YouTube channel. And his latest book is Symmetry, a true UFO adventure story. It features the incredible story of UFO alien contact by a Florida, now apparently a Georgia woman named Dolly Saffron. We were hoping that Dolly would be with us today, but apparently she is ill and unable to attend. So we're going to be asking questions about Dolly's experience uh, to Preston. Welcome. Preston. <laughs> right. Uh, and uh, let me just uh, say a little bit about Dolly. She is um, in her, uh, she, uh, she began working as at a very young age, uh, 13, 14 years old. She's worked as a limo driver, assistant manager at a Wendy's, a zookeeper, a bus driver, a security guard, an RN nurse, and more. She has also worked for the U.S. Department of the Treasury and the Department of Defense. And she has uh, lifelong experiences with uh, ETs and uh, that began around the age of two and they're ongoing. So I'll turn it over now to questions for uh, our guest. Uh, so uh, Preston, I'd like to ask you your thoughts about Dolly's experiences. You've heard it all before. How does Dolly's experience compare with the other abductees that uh, you've interviewed? Uh, and also, what kind of reaction are you getting to the book? Uh, what's interesting about Dolly's case is uh, pretty much, I don't want to say everything she's told me I've heard before, but a lot of it. But it's mm -hmm. all been very much piecemeal. Yeah. Because I have interviewed a lot of, you know, contactees. She doesn't like the word <laughs> abductee mm -hmm. uh, because yeah. she does not feel that that is a correct term for what she's experienced. Uh, she prefers the term contactee. 
her experiences have been positive. But yeah, I've interviewed hundreds of people who've had this type of experience. So I've, I don't want to, I've pretty much heard it all. <laughs> but uh, but a lot of those people, their experiences are uh, regained through uh, hypnotic regression, but that's not the case with Dolly, isn't it? Correct. Uh, she has not used hypnotic regression. Wow, that's amazing. And, uh, in fact, most of the people I've talked to um, haven't either. I've sort of steered away from regressive hypnosis, mm -hmm. uh, which I do believe absolutely works. Uh, yeah. Uh, but there is some controversy surrounding it involving, you know, right there, there false, is, yeah. yeah, false memory syndrome and so forth. But yeah, Dolly's case is different because she is a fully conscious contactee. She has no fear. She doesn't have missing time. So pretty much. She, requ she requested that, right? Yes. Uh -huh. uh, yes. I think that's really interesting. Yeah, I think that uh, what she said, I found interesting is until about the age of 14, she, uh, she wasn't sure what was happening to her. She didn't know it related to aliens and UFOs. She was, but it, it she knew something was happening to her. Uh, she was having, she thought it was strange dreams, but then she, uh, what happened then? How did, the, how did things flip at that point? Yeah, this is not unusual. People, as you may know, can live much of their lives without coming to the awareness that they're a contactee. Mm -hmm. Certainly we saw that with Whitley Strieber right. and lots of other experiencers. It's easy to deny, right. to uh, you know, not think about, to explain away various experiences. And that's what Dolly was doing uh, throughout her early life. Her experiences began very early. She remembered being lifted up out of her crib uh, at one time when she was just, I think, two years old. Yeah, uh, she disappeared from the house, and they found her oh. six miles away. Wow! At the U Totem convenience store, <laughs> uh, and, and she was fine. You know, there was no way she could have walked that way, that far. Yeah. So they, you know, put double locks on the doors, bought guard dogs, but she kept disappearing. Yeah. And, and as she grew up, she started to have very vivid nighttime experiences of being on another planet hmm. and she knew these weren't normal dreams uh, because they were very vivid very consistent they didn't have any of the phantasmagorical elements mm -hmm. where everything's transmogrifying in a dream yeah. right uh, so this was going on and she's trying to figure it out she did see a ufo come swooping down she had missing time um, when she was, I think that was around age 10 or so. Hmm. So this was going on and she was quite confused about it. She did try talking about it and got a lot of strange looks. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and her mom was not happy about it because her mom was already freaking out. That she was disappearing. Right? Yeah. Was her mom a contactee? Uh, possibly. We're not sure. But they the father her dad, was. Her dad was. Absolutely, yeah. Her her father, an airborne ranger in the army, yeah, um, did reveal that he was a contactee when Dolly had this major experience at age fourteen. Hmm. So at this point, Dolly's trying to figure out what's going on. She's not fully connecting it. Uh, being in the army, she kind of knew what UFOs were. It had certainly been brought up here and there, but she just wasn't thinking, you know, aliens or anything. Uh -huh. 
Right. I mean, she did have an experience at age six where a, a UFO took her on board and she remembered it, seeing a gray being told we're going to have further experiences with you. But she just thought it was a strange looking person. <laughs> right. But then you saw- have you have one picture of in your book of her in a crib and her leg is tucked under like the, the side railing. And you mentioned that that was so she wasn't going to be lifted out of her crib. <laughs> yes. That was, very, was fascinating. <laughs> she was very much aware that something was happening, yeah. uh-huh. you know, at from a very young age. And I have to yeah. tell you, I've interviewed a lot of contactees who are, have remarkable memories down to, you know, five months, 10 months. Hmm. And that's true with Dolly. So her experiences probably began around hmm, 10 months, she thinks. Uh-huh. Uh, and yeah, uh, she actually got a picture because her mom's like, why is she sticking her leg yeah. out through the crib bars? Right. Uh, uh, she didn't want to be pulled up. Yeah. Wow. But, but it all came to a real sort of turning point. At age 14, Dolly was going crazy, wanting to figure out what was going on. And uh, she had stayed up late one evening watching the stars through a telescope. She was very much into science and astronomy and uh, very, very intelligent, by the way. Uh, but at any rate, her father was like, go to bed. It's 1 a.m. What are you doing? Go to bed. And so she reluctantly went into her bedroom. She doesn't sleep much. This is a symptom that many contactees talk about, not sleeping maybe two, three hours a night, four. Wow. Yeah, that's the question I was going to ask about uh, that she has these night-long uh, experiences, and then uh, she, uh, when does she sleep? <laughs> yeah, well, we'll get into that. Uh, but So at age 14, she's in her bedroom looking out at the stars through her you know, jealousy windows and uh, sees all these star-like objects. She's thinking, are these stars that can't be? They're moving. And there was a lot of them, you know, 50, 100 of them. Oh, wow. And they were pairing off and darting off in different directions. <clears throat> and suddenly, two of them come swooping down, and one of them drops down right over her house. The other moves off in another direction. She lives on the edge of the Florida Everglades at this point. And this object starts changing colors, kind of rainbow colors, blue, green, red, yellow, and uh, hovers over the trees in her backyard. Trees are swaying. She's staring out her window at this thing and is studying it. She's like, I'm not going to forget. I'm not going to forget. I'm going to memorize everything. This is, this is a UFO. So she's finally like, hmm, think figuring it out. And she looks at this object and she can see windows. And through the windows, she sees two what we would describe as grays. You know, the large head, dark eyes, pale skin. And that freaked her out. And she did have real fear at this point. And she turned to dive under her bed and hide. The room filled with light, (coughs) blue-white light, and she blacked out. And next thing she knows, it's morning. She is wearing someone else's pajamas inside out. And uh, she feels disoriented and uh, quickly 
you know, cleans herself up and goes downstairs to see if anyone else saw this, because she could not imagine that everyone in the house, she has a little brother, two parents. Uh, Do you have any pets? Yeah, they had dogs. Mm -hmm. um, uh, so she goes down to the kitchen and uh, her mom's like, make coffee. And she does. And that was the first time Dolly actually had a cup of coffee is that morning. <laughs> uh, and she's like, mom, did you see anything last night? And her mom's like, what are you talking about? And she didn't want to say UFO because she knew her mom would freak out. So she's like, you know, lights, anything weird, did anything weird happen? And her mom turns around and says, no, no. And so she, uh, just kind of shut up and then the radio comes on they always listen to the radio and it was paul harvey the news guy and he's talking about how ufos were seen <laughs> in their area by a uh. couple of police officers and so her mom is totally freaking out at this point says no 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 don't talk about it and uh what year was that do you know yes that was january 1973 73 okay. so at this point, she still doesn't remember. All she knows is she was taken. She's mm -hmm. pretty sure she was taken. And she walks out of the kitchen, and there's her dad. And her dad's like, we'll talk about this later. But what I want you to do is go meditate. Go sit down and meditate. You need to think about this. I think it was clear in hindsight that he knew something was going on. And uh, long story short, she did meditate and started to get snippets of memories of grays, of being on board, of mm. being examined and so forth. And uh, over the next couple of days, it all started pouring in. It actually happened at school when her she had this <clears throat> mass massive headache <laughs> and the teacher is like, I want you to try a biofeedback device. If huh. you, you just put your brain in alpha and you'll move the little train around the table. Mm. And that will relieve your headache because it's a good way to relax. Interesting teacher. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so she did. And suddenly the memory started pouring in and she rips off the <laughs> electrode. She's like, I need to go. Oh, um, so she walked home from school, which was many miles. And basically relived the whole experience in full detail. Mm. Boy. And uh, what she recalled is being taken on board. She was put into a, her, her clothes were removed. She was put into a room where they shined a light on her. They told her this is a decontamination chamber. Mm. And uh, they sat her down in a chair and examined her. And then after the examination, they basically started to counsel her, hmm. saying, saying and she was freaking out. I mean, she actually threw up, yeah. was so upset. And they cleaned it up and were like, you know us, you know us. Remember, remember? Hmm. And she did. The gray figure that she works with is a tall gray, about six feet tall, who she calls Mama. Mm -hmm. And she's like, you know me, you know me. And Dolly's like, yes, I do. And she started to feel a lot more comfortable. And then there was another entity called Talata, 
who is actually the ship itself. Huh. These ships are alive. They are entities in and among of themselves. Are they biological at all? Or? Partly. Partly. Yep. Hmm. He's oh. so, hmm. sort of a higher dimensional entity mm-hmm. who embodies the ship or other ships. Mm-hmm. And uh, But did she also see Clara physically? In other words... Um, um, well, it's the ship itself. So the ship itself, yeah. So not but, like a being with eyes yeah. and his mouth. Right. No, right. Oh, okay. So there were a few other short little greys, which at the, this point she didn't know it, but they are what we would call AI or artificial intelligence mm-hmm. or biological androids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this was all sort of a memory experience for her. She started to really like, oh, yes, I do remember being taken. <laughs> she remembered being taken at age six. She remembered all these other experiences that came pouring back into her head and really started to make sense. Mm-hmm. And they basically said, you know, do you want to work with us? And she said, yes, I do. And they said, well, we have many ways that you can work with us. But what are you most interested in? And Dolly, coming from, you know, a military family was very interested in airplanes <laughs> and uh, piloting, <laughs> uh, even from that age. She said, I would like to learn how to fly the ships. Wow. <laughs> and they said, yes, we, we can teach you that. And this may sound unusual, uh, <laughs> but but I can tell you, uh, Rob and, and Trish, it's not. You've heard this uh, before. Mm-hmm. Jay, yeah. Jay, Jay Gardner, another gentleman I interviewed from Virginia, had the uh. same same experience at age 10. Same. Uh-huh. They sat him down in the chair, let him fly the ship. Huh. I've heard this from several other people. It's not super common, but it's common enough. It's consistent. Mm. Hmm. And they sat her in the ship, or in the, well, not the pilot seat itself, but next to it, and they flew her to the moon. Yeah. And again, did they now, land? No, okay. did, not, did not land. Uh-huh. And I know this sounds crazy, but again, this is something I've heard before. Huh. So I'm kind of glad I, you know, I didn't meet Dolly <laughs> um, too, too much sooner because this would be, have been a lot for me to wrap my head around. <laughs> yeah. Because uh, it's such an amazing story. Hmm. Uh, but it, this, this is what she described. Uh, it really is quite a story. Uh, how, how do the, do you have any idea how the, Grays, the ETs pick certain people. I mean, I think the figures that uh, she mentions in the book or you mentioned in the book is like, which is quite amazing that one out of 50 people have had contact, which is uh, incredible. It's a lot uh, of people. But then there's 49 of us who haven't. But how, how do they make, how do they, is there any rhyme or reason? Is it just random or? Uh, or was it because she, her father was? Well, it has to start somewhere. Yeah, um, I think we've got a pretty good handle on it. Okay. Because uh, that's certainly something I've looked into for a long time. When I heard that term one in 50, I thought, no way I would know somebody who's <laughs> yeah. been taken on board. Because I know somebody in our people. right in our neighborhood. <laughs> and sure enough, I did. That's what got me sort of to really buckle down on research. I found that very early on. Uh-huh. So, yeah, it is a lot of people. And I think. I started looking to like, who, who, why, why not me? You know, why not this? <laughs> of, um, and uh, it's equally divided between men and women, uh-huh. 50-50. And it's not to do with race. I've interviewed people of every 
well, I don't even like that term race, ancestry, I guess, uh-huh. mm-hmm. more accurate. Uh, and it's not religion or political affiliation or anything like that. Nationality? Uh, nope, not blood type. Okay. Uh, so I was a little bit confused. The only real pattern we knew right off the bat was already firmly established by the time I was gotten to this field. Well, fairly well established was that it does track families. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Uh, so it appears that ETs are very interested in perpetuating certain genetic lines. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, and that is absolutely true in Dolly's case. And I would say with at least 50%, 60, perhaps more of the people I've interviewed, but not uh-huh. all of them, you know, I've had some one-offs. Another very strong pattern I've noticed is that people who are having these extensive encounters are profoundly psychic, mm-hmm. um, have really strong psychic abilities, whether it's astral travel or past life recall or healing or precognition or hmm. all, all of these things, um, mediumship. Uh, this is a very strong, it's more the rule than the exception. Huh. Mm-hmm. Is that and because they're more able to communicate with the ETs? Since quite, it's telepathic, yeah. I mean, everything is telepathic, right? They're not speaking yeah. verbally. I yeah. think you may have may have hit it on the head. I was just recently thinking about that. I'm like, huh. yeah, because that's how they communicate, and that in, ignites that ability within you, right? Yeah. Sometimes we see the psychic abilities coming afterwards. Sometimes it's before. Mm-hmm. In either case, you do get a strong psychic awakening yeah. as a result of encounter. I bet. <laughs> Uh, but that's absolutely a pattern. And another pattern I found was that people, you know, I kept finding a lot of social workers. I, I started asking them, that's like, weird. What, do, what do you do for a living? Oh, I'm a social worker. Huh. Oh, how, that's wonderful. And I'm a social worker. I'm, a so, I'm like, huh. You know, Betty and Barney Hill were social right, workers. Right, exactly. Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, and I started thinking about this. I'm like, well, I need to ask this question more often because, you know, when you do interviews, I, it's... Difficult to dig into the person's personal life, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but I want to figure out the answer. So I started asking, what do you do for a living? Uh, and uh, often would get that answer or something along the lines of environmentalist, hmm. doctors, nurses, teachers. Writers, like Whitley. Writers. Uh-huh. I haven't heard too much. I haven't heard too much about politicians, though. Uh, maybe they're Maybe they're not speaking up if they're among them yeah well i don't know that that is can be the uh death of your political career yeah (laughs) well well um, what about harry reed i mean he's the one who right you know started that whole project yeah but he didn't admit to having personal encounters no he didn't yeah Um, that's true so so i can't say that 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 for sure is a pattern but it's turned up enough right or, or i really think it is so the um, ET, so the ETs want to help us and make us aware of the future of what's what's coming, but they also don't seem to want to interfere with us. I mean, it would be logical at this point that if they can sweep down and take somebody up into their craft uh, and yeah, and put them on another planet, uh, I think uh, that the uh, premier of uh, uh, Russia would be a good candidate to uh, move elsewhere right now, but uh, they're not doing that. Um, well, 
I think that they are to a certain extent, actually. Mm-hmm. Okay. And because uh, we they are intervening. We we know this. I've wrote a book, you know, The Healing Power of UFOs. Right. Yeah. Which documents over 300 cases of people who are healed. Mm-hmm. And uh, this is coming from all major researchers. Mm-hmm. Uh, John Mack, Bud Hopkins, David Jacobs, right. they all have cases. I have a case where a volcano exploded in uh, Colombia. I believe this was 1974. Our, the town of Armero was buried under uh, 20, 30 feet of mud. Wow. And a lady I interviewed from Louisiana was taken there to help rescue people. Huh. Pulled him on board a UFO immediately prior to this volcanic <clears throat> explosion. Hmm. That's and, uh, interesting. Yeah. Does anything yeah. like that happen in the Ukraine, do you think? Uh, I don't With the know. Refugees? Yeah. Uh, could very well. Uh, mm-hmm. I asked Dolly about this because I have some cases of where people are you know, rescued from car accidents and uh-huh. tragedies and fires and falls and drowning. Yeah. And she said, yes, that does happen. Um, and I asked her to elaborate and she says, well, there has been some plane crashes in which everyone was killed on board and basically vaporized. And, uh, no, they weren't all killed. She says they were rescued. They were taken. Hmm. Were they returned to their lives or no, they can't, it can't be because they're they're allegedly killed. Uh And I'm like, can you, can you tell me which plane crash would I have heard of? (laughs) And she says, yeah. no, I, no, obviously, I can't tell you that. Give me the facts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which, you know, I, I can understand. But we do have a phenomena uh, of missing people on this planet. Right. That's I want true. to ask you about that. I mean, some people uh, who have had contact disappeared. Is, you, have you found cases like that? Yeah. I have my own case of a gentleman who was with a group of friends out in Palmdale in Southern California and went for a nighttime walk out in the desert wilderness there and came back and told his friends, I came upon a landed UFO and they invited me to go with them. (laughs) And they're like, you're kidding. He's like, no, no, for real, for real. They did. They were very friendly. They said they were studying this area and they wanted me to go with them. And I said, no, I'm not ready to do that. And they said, well, we're going to be back here on this day, one year from now, so uh-huh. if you, you want to go, you know, come, come back and you can come with us. Oh, and that's exactly what happened. Really? And this this, hmm. this turned into a missing persons case. The guy yeah. I interviewed was one of the friends. They drove back up there with the man's family. His name is Paul and found Paul's car with the keys in it. Jeez. But he was hmm. never seen from again. Okay, Rob, if you disappear, I'll know. <laughs> yeah. yeah, there's another case, a lady I interviewed in Maine. Uh, the ETs told her a bunch of things. She's another uh, person who's a very much a conscious contactee, not quite to the extent of Dolly, but she had a long conversation with her hybrid son, her full-grown hybrid huh. son, wow. who told her a bunch of things. And this is really interesting. If I'll, I'll just go down a few of them. They told her... You need to tell people to stop putting out the greed and negativity you're putting out, or you will destroy your planet like we did ours. Mm-hmm. They told her we've been upgrading human genetics for millennia, including d- dogs and cats, specifically huh. to upgrade their emotional intelligence yeah. so they can relate better to humans. 
They told her who you thought were angels. Many times that was us. (laughs) They told her Hurricane Katrina was nothing compared to what's coming up. Wow. And they told her people should go missing from this planet. It's being done by us for the universal good. Hmm. So, yes, people are being scooped up. And I think that's a distinct possibility, particularly if we have what Dolly believes will happen is an existential crisis, a, a mass CME. Mm. Uh, coronal yeah. mass ejection, uh-huh. right. uh, micro micro nova, which will knock out all the electronics on our planet. So we go back to the Stone Age. Yes, yes, mm. preci- precisely. Did she give any time frame? Uh, within our generation. Um, oh, really? Uh-oh. Yeah. So <laughs> it's very difficult to give exact numbers on this, uh, but she's mm. she she thinks sooner rather than later. Oh, um, he froze. John. John. Preston froze. John. Well, uh, you, well, actually, actually, you you guys froze. Uh, I see Pres- Preston's fine on my end. So. <laughs> oh, really? Okay. Yeah. We froze. And so, so oh, Rob, you're back. Yeah. But now, now it's just Trish. <laughs> okay. That's frozen. Interconnect. Oh, there we go. Okay. 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 We're back. <laughs> Yeah, it wasn't Preston, it was us, Trish. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but just to wrap that up, this is something I've heard from many, many contactees. It's the number one message that we are destroying our planet, that we are facing some very heavy-duty environmental issues. Uh, And this is what they tell all contactees. I mean, this is what they told the kids in Rua, Zimbabwe, at the aerial mm. elementary school right <laughs> stop chopping down the forests you're destroying your planet yeah Boy. but okay so couldn't they take away the politicians who enable this kind of stuff <laughs> they could but they yeah, won't they won't because we are autonomous beings with free will mm-hmm. who absolutely have the duty to learn on our own. Um, They do intervene, but only to a certain extent, Uh because they're not going to rob us of our karma, of our free will to learn the lessons we need to learn. Mm -hmm. This is why some people are healed and others aren't. Right. Yeah, Um, that makes sense. This comes up in a lot of these types of cases. They're like, why didn't you heal me of this? I said, well, that's karmic. Mm-hmm. This is a lesson you chose, and we're not going to rob you of the lesson you need to learn. That's yeah. like Deborah. Um, remember right. they told her that? Yeah. Yeah. So this is why I think, and yeah, a couple from Arizona, they were taken on board, and they asked flat out, why? Why don't you come and, you know, uh, basically take over? And they're like, we, we can't do that. It's up mm-hmm. to you. We can help. To a certain degree, we're helping those who help others, but it's up to you to solve your own problems. Yeah. So I I think that they they might, if it comes down to it, uh, this is what Dolly believes will happen, that they will scoop people off this planet if it reaches a point where uh, we, you know, can't survive here any longer. Yeah. It's... It's interesting. Okay, go ahead. Go ahead, press yeah. <laughs> And she also said that they have intervened in a few nuclear events as well. Oh, oh really? Huh. Okay. So, so, which would have ended badly if not for them. Right. Of course, uh, if they've interviewed, 
we wouldn't necessarily know if they've interv- uh, intervened in certain situations. So that's, yeah. that's well, our governments are not going to tell us. <laughs> right. Yeah. Which, shame on them. They know this is real. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm really disappointed. And I ha- hate to have to say this, but our own governments, yeah. or perhaps not even governments, but the one percenters, the military industrial complex, mm-hmm. the highest levels of the military, the Pentagon, uh, have really bungled the UFO situation, mm-hmm. have allowed greed and the, you know the hunger for power and corruption to and fear to guide their actions. Yeah. They've bungled it since the beginning, not since Roswell or long before then. Yeah, I'm really disappointed because here they are calling witnesses hoaxers. You know, <laughs> you're hallucinating, you're misperceiving when they know full well. 100%. This is real. They've got the craft. They've got the bodies. They know, they know, they know. And they're also heavily involved in surveillance of people who have had experiences, <laughs> as uh, Dolly's case. We we, ha- we had a uh, on our blog, we, we did a nine-part series of a, a man from uh, Montreal, outside of Montreal. And the number of agencies that went on the blog and looked at it what one even uh canadian uh canadian royal mounted police or something yeah, spent, for eight spent, hours spent eight hours <laughs> so that was like an assignment uh so you know they seem to be watching and trying to figure it out yep i've heard that from many contactees one lady I interviewed had her hypnosis tape stolen Really? Um, Jeez. Yeah. Not not her stereo, not her TV. But her hypnosis another tape. Man, <laughs> yeah. Another I'm, man in upstate New York had his uh, contact. He wrote, I always tell people, write down everything that happened right. to you. Yeah. That That's what the, these, some someone broke into his house and stole his contact notes. Hmm. Huh. And Dolly is constantly surveilled. I watched it happen. We went to a UFO con last year in Laughlin. Mm-hmm. And rented a little Airbnb. And I'm like, I think that car is following us, Dolly. <laughs> and she's like, probably. Yeah. And we pulled in and this car pulled up and blocked the driveway. Hmm. Did you ever see the people who were in the car? Yeah, you can see them. I mean, they look really? like normal people. I mean, huh. yeah. But she's like, that's them. That's absolutely them. This is what I go through. See, I told yeah. you. Yeah. I if mean, it had... sounds like cops following the mafia. You know, that's what it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. That same type yeah. of. Yeah. That, this is our tax dollars at work. Yeah. Right. <laughs> How about you? Have you had such experiences yourself uh, with being uh, followed or observed that you're aware of? A little bit. Very uh-huh. early, very, very early on in my research, I was handling a massive case of a wave of sightings over Topanga Canyon, 1992 to 94. I wrote a book about it and I was, I gave the police my number. I put up (laughs) flyers. I was going door to door. Uh I was was interviewing a lot of people. I got a phone call from some guy who says, are you Preston Dennett, the UFO researcher? And I said, yes, who are you? And he gave me his name. I think I honestly cannot remember. (laughs) But he did give me his resume. I do remember that because he kept going on and on about how he's got a top secret clearance and he's very highly placed in the military and he did secret satellite mapping in Vietnam and so forth. I'm like, okay, you know, how can I help you? 
And he says, you should stop doing UFO research. It's, huh. wow. it's wow. what you're doing is dangerous. Hmm. I'm like, oh, For who? <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, it is. Huh? Okay. Why? He says, it's not what you think it is. I said, well, what is it? <laughs> he says, you're barking up the wrong tree. How like, does that oh. mean? <laughs> <laughs> that, that was kind of my thought, too. Yeah. I didn't verbalize it because I'm just trying to figure out what this, what is this guy trying? I started to realize at this point that he was, was like, you, you don't know what you're doing. You know, this is dangerous. And finally, he's like, well, well there's no pay dirt, pay dirt in it anyway. Hmm. And I and I recognize that phrases, you know, techniques of persuasion. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's kind of going down. I had just taken a college course of techniques and persuasion. Huh. And there's various, you know, ways you just try to con- convince people. Yeah. Uh, and he wow. was doing, you know, textbook. <laughs> and that's when I realized, oh, this guy has got no interest in sharing. Right. Information. He's just trying right. to pull me off investigating. So yeah, yeah there was and- that. And it didn't work, obviously. Uh, no, I was flattered, actually. I'm like, wow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I want to ask or talk a little bit about some of the, her experiences, Dolly's experiences on board, because they are so dramatic and About when she went to the other planet, to the yeah. learning planet. Yeah. Can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, because there seems to be uh, in, the, in the, the book a lot about her education, education yeah, of, so- uh, of a human. Yes. Now, this did start very early on, uh, but as she woke up at age 14, uh, she was able to realize much more consciously, and it continued. She would be taken to a planet that she calls the tree planet or the learning center, which is a very large planet, but it has a lesser gravity, maybe Mm. a half of Earth, uh, considerably less to the point where you can jump 20, 30 feet in the air, wow. which freaked the ETs out when she started jumping up and bouncing all around. They're like, no, no, stop doing that. Uh, but she says it's absolutely lush and verdant and has unbelievable amounts of life to it to huh. the point where it makes Earth look like a dead planet. Oh. Uh, and she says this is where the greys uh, sort of come to teach all different types of people across Hmm. the universe. And they took her and a group of other children, all females, the boys were taught separately. And they took her up this massive, massive tree, which is as high as a skyscraper, she says, enormous trees. Mm -hmm. And they had a little sort of portico or tree house, if you will, uh, built up fairly high up in the tree. And uh, there were chairs and tables and three greys who would teach them. And initially, you know, particularly when she was young, was about morals and ethics and right and wrong. But as she grew older, it became more geared towards science and astronomy and physics and Mm. biology and history Mm -hmm. and these sort of things. There was history, history of the universe, history of that planet, or what? History of the Earth, Earth. all of it. Yep. Mm -hmm. What they would do is, whenever you ask a question, the whole lesson would be shifted towards a person's interests. Huh. The school was very much different than it is here, which is very rigid and structured. (laughs) 
there it's like what do you want to know <laughs> and so it's individualized as well yes yes mm. to a certain extent because each person would bring up a point and then they'd all talk about it right mm. and uh yeah there was bathrooms uh they would you know there's food and drink uh and she thought of them as people people like us but just slightly different looking Mm -hmm. She never really thought of them as aliens, and even to this day doesn't. Yeah. And uh, she was so well-educated by, you know, grade school, that grade school on Earth became a real problem. Because I she bet. <laughs> absolutely out of her mind with boredom. Yeah, I bet. And High school too, right? <laughs> yep. In fact, she was dismissed from pretty much all of her classes and allowed to go to the library. Huh. Uh, which she hmm. basically read each book, every book in the library <laughs> yeah. uh, because they just couldn't teach her. She already knew it all. And, huh. and they would challenge her like, Oh, you don't know this. And, and she's like, ask me. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, wow. go to the library. <laughs> <laughs> That's fascinating. That so is. Some of the things she saw <clears throat> of other beings and things that happened, like what fascinated me uh, was there a couple of references to shrinking people in size? What is that about? I mean, she she had saw she saw somebody who was six feet shrunk down to like two feet or three feet. I mean that that's yeah. what's there's the so, purpose in that. <laughs> yeah, um, this is really interesting because there's so much Dolly hasn't told me, mm -hmm. and I did not know about this. And we were fairly, I thought, done with the interviews, and <laughs> it was. Very, she was not the easiest person to interview because she would often gloss over details and be like, yeah, I went to this other planet. And I'm like, wait, stop, back up. <laughs> yeah. Describe this. And she says, oh, I'm sorry. You know, I've been trained my whole life not to talk about this. Right. So it was really hard for her. And uh, one day I told her I'm doing this study uh, about people who have been shrunk down during a UFO encounter, because this has happened. People will huh. return, return from UFO encounter. There are a few, one guy told me this. He says, I'm two inches shorter. Wow. John Hunter Gray had his encounter, and he grew two inches. Jeez. And he, he's middle-aged, by the way, and his feet grew two sizes. Oh, my God. Huh. And Betty Andreessen, who you uh, know, God, yeah. God rest her soul, she just passed away. Hmm. Um, she described... Uh, seeing a gentleman shrunk down from, uh, uh, you know, six feet down to about a foot in size, Jeez. put inside a tiny UFO and off it went. And wow. she says, oh my gosh, what, <laughs> wow. are, what was that? And I said, oh, that we call that deopulation. Huh. So I'm telling wow. this to Dolly and she's like, well, yeah, I've seen that. Like, oh, <laughs> really? <laughs> Never mentioned it. <laughs> Please tell me. And she described how... She's often on board when people are being pulled on board for an onboard UFO experience, for an examination, mm -hmm. for, for I think how she terms it is a checkup, mm -hmm. uh, because that's what they do. They are watching over us. And uh, she absolutely hates the term abduction. She says no one is ever taken against their will. Huh. The problem is people look at this through the lens of fear, and they don't understand that they've given permission because mm -hmm. they're they're not thinking with their entire uh, minds. We've compartmentalized our consciousness. But at any rate, she saw this gentleman being pulled on board, and they took him to a chamber. And so she followed to to watch. She's always curious. 
And uh, she saw this gentleman laid out on a, a table and uh, they sent this beam of light down on him and he started to shrink. God. <laughs> and uh, it took about an hour and they shrunk him down to about two feet in height. And off he went. And she wanted to follow, but they wouldn't let her. And so she asked, what was that? <laughs> what is, why did you do that? And they told her there is a micro universe and a macro universe. Wow. Mm. And uh, you don't think all people are the same size, do you? <laughs> uh, yeah. Which makes sense. I mean, if we have three dimensions here, but there is another right. dimension going inwards. You know, the, the quantum mm -hmm. physics knows this and outwards. Uh, so that's sort of perhaps another dimension is how we might think of it. So they're populating this micro world with yep. people from, huh? Yep. Or it's already populated, but they, they have the ability to travel to and from the micro universes and the macro universes. Hmm. And hmm. Dolly, ever curious and always ready for a new experience is, can I do it? <laughs> did you do it to me? They said, no, no. <laughs> huh. Yeah. So one of the things that Dolly wouldn't talk about is, where the greys are from, what their, their planet is like. Uh, why is that? Why was she quiet on that? Um, because basically of, this is pretty much the norm. Mm -hmm. When you ask ETs where they're from, they will often give an evasive answer, huh. such as, you know, it's not important, or you wouldn't understand, uh -huh. or, or from a place you don't know about yet. It's, it's kind of what happened with Betty Hill. Right. Um, they showed her the star map, and she's like, where's Earth? Mm -hmm. or, or they asked her, where, where do you think you are? And she's like, I don't know. Then it, they said it wouldn't make any point for us to tell us where we are. Huh. But yeah. they, the ETs did tell her they're from the Orion mm -hmm. uh, star cluster, uh, which yeah. has come up in other cases, actually. Mm -hmm. huh. And uh, she did reveal or they revealed to her something about their culture as well. I mean, she says, there's no money, there's no government, there's no religion, there's no crime. Uh, you know, it's that that's fascinating to think about, uh, you know, that possibility and uh, where an advanced uh, culture society millions of years ahead of us or whatever, uh, how they exist. And also uh, there's always been talk, among the ufologists about some uh, galactic council that the earth has to become a part of. And she mentions that there's no galactic council, even that's another <laughs> government. <laughs> yeah. Galactic Federation. Right. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah. They don't have a federalized system. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, they just don't, you know, there are not, you know, presidents and governors and such yeah. because we are dealing here with a very advanced civilization who's right not only advanced ethically and morally, mm -hmm. uh, who, um, but technologically as well, and are extremely telepathic. Mm -hmm. So everybody knows what everybody's thinking. Right. No wonder there's no need for government. <laughs> yeah. And, and crime is hard to commit a crime if everybody knows what you're thinking about. <laughs> yeah, uh, Dolly has done a few things wrong, you know, as a rambunctious <laughs> kid, she yeah. jumped, jumped up on the, rails of the little treehouse thing where she was being taught which was very dangerous uh -oh. and they all just stopped the whole lesson plan stopped 
everyone turned and looked at her and she sheepishly got down and had to think about what she's done wrong. Mm -hmm. There was another incident where two girls started arguing and then started to, you know, physically um, altercate. Mm -hmm. And again, st that stopped the lessons plan. Everyone turned and looked at them like, huh. what are you doing? Yeah. No, there's, everyone is very telepathic and cooperative. Mm -hmm. And I think a point Dolly would want made, and certainly the ETs have uh, are baffled by this, is pe people have a lot of fear surrounding the subject. Yeah. And they're like, they're, are they here to eat us? <laughs> are they here <laughs> to, you know, enslave us? Enslave, really? Do, do you not think that they have ways of getting their labor done rather than flying hope? to little old earth and taking <laughs> humans think this through any society that has the ability to travel star systems has already conquered crime yeah. and uh you know lack of resources and all of these issues they are not here to hurt us in any way right and this is a conclusion i reached long before i met dolly uh, because I came into this field horrified. Like people are being abducted against their will. They're being subjected to horrific experiments. This is what I thought. And I kind of bought into the government alien uh -huh. threat narrative, which is being put forth, but it's false. It's not warranted. It's not supported by actual evidence. And as I looked into what actually happens when someone's taken on board, the scariest and most horrific thing, and I'll put that in quotes, is the physical examination. Uh -huh. I've talked to people who said, this was this is evil, I don't like this. I'm like, what happened to you? Well, they laid me out on a table, and I couldn't move. And they took my clothes. And, you know, they put put instruments against my body. Yeah, and, that was uh, Betty Hill's initial yeah. thing. Yeah. And sometimes this does cause pain, but often they will stop the pain, which they did with Betty. Mm hmm. And uh, what I have not found is cases of what I would call outright sadistic behavior. Mm -hmm. It's just not there. And, and if someone doesn't have a strong fear reaction, they're not paralyzed, their memories are taken away, and they're shown the engine room. Mm -hmm. They're taken to the observation deck to look at stars or the moon or other planets. They are given spiritual information, a lot of it. They are guided. They are talked to about their lives. and. They are taken to the control room, shown how to fly the craft. These are good things. Mm -hmm. And Dolly was, uh, after she became a pilot, another mission she took on, wasn't it, uh, to help people who are uh, coming up uh, and being uh, checked out and uh, helping them overcome their negative, uh, fearful reactions? Yeah, the ETs have many agendas. One is to save all the species of our planet. In the late 1970s, I, this didn't get in the book because I just found this out. Uh, Dolly's <laughs> described how they would swoop down and started rescuing all these species, which would otherwise be going extinct, huh. which is happening you know, on a daily basis. Yeah. Uh, so that's one of their agendas. And we do know this because we see them picking plants. Where do they put them? In, in this treehouse type? No, they will put them in these vast motherships uh, and then transport them to Dyson spheres or other planets. 
Huh. Hmm. Uh, so yeah, Dahlia has seen huge arboretums and huge animal husbandry centers. Wow. Uh, yeah. So this is one of their agendas to collect species. Uh, also, they have suffered genetic damage due to so much space travel. And so that is why there is the hybrid baby agenda, mm -hmm. uh, right. which Dolly agreed to. And she has three hybrid children. Three. Mm -hmm. Three. Mm -hmm. yep. Does she know them? Yes. Yep. Oh, she yep. does. Huh? Okay. Oh. One she met face-to-face uh, -face in her home. Wow. He, came, wow. he came to heal her after she had slipped on the ice and broken her elbow. Jeez. Uh, huh. But another is what we call abductions, but they don't call it that. They call it gathering the children. Hmm. And this is something that they do with a lot of people. And Dolly says, it's probably more than you think. <laughs> like one in 40. She's like, mm, that's close. But actually, wow. she says, to some extent, everyone on this planet has contact. Certainly, everyone is known to them. They are mm -hmm. aware of all of us. Hmm. But they gather the children. And the purpose is to protect uh, people, mm -hmm. to heal them mm -hmm. uh, of <clears throat> illnesses that are preventable or treatable. And most people who are healed never know it. Huh. So do they return these children? Is that it? Or Yes, people, do. adults too. Oh, adults, uh-huh. But to them, we're all children. But okay. gathering a genetic material is, is, seems to be one major theme that we've always heard about with the Yes, case. certainly, yep. And because they, they are trying to preserve our species in case. I mean, humanity will not go extinct. But theirs as well. I mean, they, they can't reproduce, uh, she says, because they've been in space so long and they uh, have incredible uh, length of uh, life as well. Sometimes uh, she, sa she said uh, over a thousand years. Yep. Her, her main contact, she thinks, is about 800 years. God. Uh, but hmm. she's gone to meet what she calls the old ones who are very old, and very wise and in excess of a thousand years. Yeah. Jeez. Um, but yeah, they gather the children, and they're doing it to basically heal and to guide each person do they after. Do this throughout cultures? Yes. Uh -huh. yep. huh. Dolly speaks Swedish and uh, is fairly fluent in a number of languages. Mm -hmm. So often she will be taken to, you know, European countries. Hmm. At least initially, that's where she did a lot of her work. And she says, people often still react in fear. And that became kind of her job is to say, listen, you're going to be just fine. <laughs> you need to know that you're okay. You, you agreed to this. Do you remember that? Is that like her, her role now? Now that yes. she's older? Uh -huh. Yes. I mean, to a certain extent. Uh, she does a lot of piloting as well. But mm -hmm. um, no, it's not, not a full-time job piloting because... <laughs> Um, once they're at their jet destination. But yeah, they, they would collect 10, 20 people per evening and help hmm. them out and guide them she, and help wake them up. So how did she, uh, how did you end up writing this book? Was, was she, was she guided to you? Was that? Yes. In a very interesting way. And uh, this is something which has happened in a few other cases where people have told me the ETs guided me to you. Do you know that? I'm like, mm, okay, I'm not sure I believe that, but I, <laughs> after it kept happening, I'm like, 
Hmm. That's what Dolly said. Dolly's like, "Um, I want to go public with my story. She told the ETs this. And I said, are you sure? You know, there's no no one like you has gone public yet. Only a few. Uh, And there probably will be uh, a lot of skeptics uh, among people who are not believers, but also maybe among some of the believers in the ufologists as well. Don't you think that they have their own agendas and she may have something a little different from what they believe? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I think there are some disinformation agents within this field. Yeah. I would be surprised if there weren't. <laughs> right. Uh, uh, and I think some researchers are simply fear-based. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I've worked very hard to be objective. It's mm-hmm. not about me or my belief system or what I think is going on. I am trying to put forth people's accounts as accurately as I can. Mm-hmm. It's, my primary agenda has always been to help people. So yeah. most of the cases I've put out are just a minority of the people I've talked to. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dolly comes to me, or she says, I want to go public. And I said, okay, you, you'll find a researcher. And she kept looking. She's like, I don't like any of these guys. <laughs> I, I don't tr- no, I don't see them. They said, well, check this guy out. Yeah, that's and, interesting. And, yeah. And they guided her to one of my videos. Uh-huh. She's like, hmm, this guy looks like he might be a good fit. Huh. And I said, yes, this is the guy. <laughs> that's great so what happened at this uh ufo con you went to in san francisco was she was her story accepted i mean yeah yeah mm-hmm. um, people are, were quite thrilled mm-hmm. that's what i love about ufo cons and conventions mm-hmm. and conferences is that pretty much all the people there are contact are open <laughs> yeah uh-huh. uh, and they're absolutely open to this subject and they're looking for answers and that's another thing I've noticed is contactees are the nicest people. <laughs> they will, they're very giving, very mm-hmm. intelligent, very open-minded. And uh, yeah, she was very well received. Yeah. So what, I, okay. So all these, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but the more you talk, the more questions I have. <laughs> so, so what happens? Okay. You've got this huge group of contactees. What's their, what's their agenda or that's the wrong word. Their objective is a group. I mean, are they just to tell the truth or, or what? The contactees? Yeah, I mean, as a group, you know, as a community. Yeah, I think what we're trying to do is get this subject pushed into the mainstream mm-hmm. and let people know that we are just one of many. We are one. Um, this is the one, one of the main messages from contactees. You are us. We are you. Uh-huh. Uh, we are all connected. We are not alone in this universe. Mm-hmm. And if we can you know, get this knowledge out there and raise people up in their psychic awareness, just imagine what would happen if humanity became telepathic. Yeah, God. Be a different planet. Right, yeah. yeah. Greed and corruption would go away. Yeah. yeah that's, Divisiveness that's and hatred and corruption. Yeah. yeah. We, we don't need it. And that's what they are trying to do. And it's crucial to the, our survival. Because the uh, the pathway we are on is not sustainable. So that is what I think both the ETs are and the contactees are yeah. trying to do. Mm-hmm. This is why Dolly agreed to go public. public. Uh, and when she did, you know, she could never get photos of uh, the ships. 
And, and yeah, that's. So, I was a little disappointed in the photos <laughs> in the back of the book. They looked like you know a lot of lights in the sky that we've seen before. You had one that looked fairly close, uh, that you could see the shape of the the ship rather than just lights. But the, have they not been too willing to allow the ships to be uh, photographed or videoed? They're very reluctant about this, but they did allow yeah. her to take moving film, and what you huh. saw was. Uh, taken from moving film, which yeah. is much, much more impressive. Yeah, and Dolly has been involved in certain incidents where they do put on publicity displays. Yeah, oh really? Down, like over CE five groups. Ah, and she swoops down and shows off the craft for the people on the ground. And there's a few very famous cases in which are ranked some of the best footage in the world, mm -hmm. uh, which she was involved in. Uh, so. There, uh, the convention last year, didn't uh, they appear then in, uh, was it Nevada? In yes, they did. And I saw them. And mm -hmm. I arrived one day late, uh, <laughs> later than Dolly. But the, the day before, she got a really intense footage. Mm -hmm. And it appeared on the evening news. Wow. Oh, really? Wow. Yep. That's it. Sure did. And I, I watched that. So that was cool. <laughs> and I've, yeah, and I saw the UFOs the, the, that night. And again, they were just anomalous lights. Uh, but huh. this it's really not about convincing skeptics because skeptics right. are not going to be convinced. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and some of them are not skeptics. Really, they're debunkers. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's not really useful to try to convince someone who's just going A to debunker. put forth. Right. So and this, what, about the, what about government sources? Are they going to reveal anything, do you think? Um, I think they have to. Mm -hmm. uh, I think that's what's pushing disclosure right now is that if they do not disclose, people are just going to laugh in their faces and they will lose all credibility and all control of the subject. Mm -hmm. So it's to their benefit to disclose. And that's why we're seeing it. It's yeah. not to help the people. <clears throat> they don't have a good record of that. Mm -hmm. uh, well, with social media and the Internet these days, I mean, they're not going to be able to keep the lid on this. No, they're sure not. And they haven't been you know? able to. Yeah. And the cover-up has been a complete disaster. Right. Most people believe in UFOs. Even more believe our government is covering it up. Mm -hmm. yeah. uh, it's clear they are. It's demonstrable. It's not speculation. Yeah. Uh, we can prove this through documents released from the Freedom of Information Act. Mm -hmm. They are lying, and we know it. And they <laughs> know we know. <laughs> yeah. So That's that can't go on. I don't think we should look to them for answers. They're not going to be forthcoming fully. They still haven't talked about the Phoenix lights as being real. Right. They're right. still calling Roswell a balloon. Oh, God. And uh, trying to make fun of uh, the the whole subject still, to yep. some extent. Not as much as, you know, in decades earlier, I think, but still. John, do you have any questions? Hello, John. Earth to John. Yeah. <laughs> <I'm here. laughs> okay. It, uh, yeah, it, uh, yeah, no, it's well, and you know, I had that one, uh, I had that one experience in, right. uh, in uh, Arizona, Arizona, yeah, Mesa. So yeah, it's uh, yeah, with with everybody carrying around a phone in their or a camera in their pocket exactly. <laughs> with, with their phone these days, yeah, it's just it's just a matter of just a matter of time before uh, before it uh, it becomes just common knowledge. I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, it, it's already all over the internet. It's yeah. just so so flooded with CGI and 
fakery that it's yeah there's so much of the, the fake stuff Preston have you have you met this mama that she talks about um no no I haven't but I am having some pretty vivid dreams uh-huh. <laughs> that in quote yeah. onboard UFO experiences huh and I did see a 10 foot well maybe eight feet tall figure very uh-huh. thin in a jumpsuit uh-huh <laughs> Um, yeah. and I ha- I've had some very intense UFO sightings. Hmm. I'm very close up. I did have missing time. Uh-huh. I did one of these. So hmm. on some level, I've it's taken me years to admit this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> seriously, because uh, I don't know. I don't know why it took me so long, but I think on some level, yeah, I'm a up to some degree yeah. <laughs> contactee. Yeah. One time a few years ago on Earth Day, I was on a hike in the woods with a group of people, and suddenly there was a praying mantis on my shoulder. <laughs> that is the weirdest creature. And then I thought, supposedly there are intelligent ones that are like eight feet tall. I couldn't imagine what they would look like. But she, uh, Dahlia said she saw one, right? That's right. Yeah, <laughs> this is not unusual for contactees to see a wide variety of ETs. And that's absolutely true with Dolly. She's seen a praying mantis. A cat, pe- cat, cat people, too. Yep. Yeah, the cat person that was. I haven't heard that a whole lot, but yeah. I have a few times. Dog people, huh. uh, uh, wing, winged aliens, tall yeah. blue skin, right. short, short little bluish troll-like creatures. Uh-huh. Mm. Yeah. Uh, she's seen quite a few. I mean, they've taken her to see them. Huh. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, and this has happened to a lot of people. And Dolly's really hoping some of them have the courage to come forth. That's I've heard good. some people talking about their experiences on Facebook. And I can see mm. their fully conscious contactees because their stories are very detailed. Uh-huh. Yeah. Then when I try to track them down, they're like, mm, no, I'm not ready to talk yet. <laughs> and celebrities, how about those? Uh, there's ce- some celebrity contactees, you think? Yes, I asked Dolly about this, and she said, "Oh yeah, yeah." She's been on board when people they've the ETs have pulled on very uh, high-profile people. In what about the it. musician? No, uh, yeah, <laughs> uh, from from years ago. Yeah, yeah, Jimmy, yeah. Jimmy yeah, Hendrix. Hendrix. I mean, really. <laughs> yeah, she did not re- recognize him. Well, she kind of did, but she was a little girl. Yeah, said, hey, that guy's on TV. <laughs> And uh, later realized it was Jimi Hendrix she had seen, yeah. which was fascinating because Jimi Hendrix is a well-known contactee yeah, uh, who has had UFO sightings and had a face-to-face encounter with ETs. Right. And she's seen other high-profile you know, politicians, musicians, mm-hmm. actors, huh. uh, you, you name it. Uh, she wouldn't name them. <laughs> uh, <laughs> But she's hoping that at some point they will come forward. Yeah. But yeah, that doesn't surprise me a bit because they're contacting all different kinds of people. Yeah. They once contacted someone right before he was put to death on death row. Oh, wow. To counsel him about the last day of his life. Uh-huh. Huh. Um, they're very loving people. She says they're, uh, the narrative that's put forth is so false, it, it breaks her heart because they're being portrayed absolutely inaccurately. Yes, yeah, monsters. 
basically. Yeah. And uh, I kind of cornered her on this because people do have a very strong fear reaction. She's like, yes, that's true. People are terrified. And that mm-hmm. is often what happens when someone's taken on board. Mm-hmm. And this is what I see. I've interviewed a lot of people. People will often stop there and that's it. They don't want to talk anymore. They don't want to know anything. Yeah. It's too scary. We're done with this. This is evil. But yeah. those who face their fear and continue to sort of pursue their contacts turn around and feel like this is 100% positive. And this is not just me saying this. This is exactly what Barbara Lamb found out. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, a lot of researchers, John Mack, mm-hmm. uh, Dolores Cannon. Uh, I, I asked Dolly, are there not any evil ETs out there? I mean, there's got to be. She's like, <laughs> well, I haven't run into them, she says. Huh. Uh, but yes, of course there are. It's a wide, wide universe. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris, bo- I have a question. This is something that happened to me during a, a uh, seminar I went to where it was an alternate method of healing. And everybody in this auditorium was supposed to pick a partner and you lay down, one of you lay on this stretch out on a, you know, like a stretcher. And the stranger does these interesting healing hand motions over you. What happened to me, I, I didn't even know this woman, okay, who, who did it to me. All of a sudden my top of my head blew off and a beam of light shot through the ceiling. And at the top, way up in the sky, there were three alien beings clustered there watching all this. And I had another experience with them during a hurricane when it just went on and on. And I think it was like in 2005. I finally laid down in bed because Megan and Rob were asleep. I thought, okay, I'm just going to shut my eyes. And they were back. And as soon as I saw them, I went to sleep, woke up the next morning in the hurricane and moved on. So what do I do with that kind of experience? You know? <laughs> I mean, there yeah. was nothing mean about it. It was it was all benevolent, you know. Yeah, tr- treasure it. And I fun. do. <laughs> I just like yeah. them to come back. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and I've heard many similar. I had that. Uh, well, not quite to the extent you did, but uh, many contactees come back with healing abilities, mm-hmm. very much like Reiki or hands-on healing. Right. And I've been to a couple of them, and had healing sessions, and huh. actually, you know, felt energy pulsing through my body in one another lady was doing the reiki movements over me uh-huh. i could see pastel lights coming from her hands oh wow i thought i was imagining things until i like mentioned it to her because i kept blinking my eyes like, <laughs> oh my gosh it's like oh no i you know that that's true you know i'm really glad you could see that because not everyone sees that hmm. and, but yeah that's one lady she became a healer after her encounters quit her job as a telephone operator <laughs> when she does healing blue light comes out of her hands and she can see the grays fussing on the little dials on the ship wow. to facilitate her healing. Huh. Yeah. That's Much better job for her. The telephone yeah. operator. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Preston, every uh, show that we do podcasts that uh, our dog, Nigel, he sleeps during the whole thing, <laughs> but right at the end of the hour, he comes over and, you know, letting us know, hey, your hour is up, time to go outside. And uh, Nigel <laughs> is here again. <laughs> so we want to thank you for coming on. Oh, this it's is been great. great. And we'd love to have you back when, when Dolly, you know, with Dolly when she's better. Yeah, if that would be possible, that would be cool. Yeah, yeah. I know she's disappointed, but yeah, could no. not be avoided. But yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Okay, Great. Great. Thank you very much.
My pleasure. Take care. Have a, have a good have a good day. <laughs> Thank you. I will. You okay. Too. Yeah. Take care. Bye. Now. Bye. Thanks for joining the Mystical Underground. Visit www.themysticalunderground.com for the latest blog post and book info. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. Listen to the podcast at podcast.themysticalunderground.com. Follow Trish and Rob on Instagram at Trish and Rob McGregor. Follow us on Twitter at The Mystic Cast. Send email to podcast at themysticalunderground.com. And until next week, thank you for listening and stay mystical. Yeah.